0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets.
1: But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the
0: Everyday Driver Car Debate. Welcome back to the podcast. We are actually not in studio. You can probably tell the difference in the audio yeah, quality. Yeah. We are in Colorado. We're not even in the state. We're in Colorado on a press launch. You probably saw our Instagram feed and the well, the questions feed as well. Uh, thanks for joining us. We are currently doing the Kia Telluride press launch as we yeah, shoot for Nashville Season 5. Press launch.
1: Yeah, this is crazy. So we're out in Gateway, and we're actually <laughs> driving the car in quite a bit of weather, actually, which is... Well, you know, th- think of a type of weather. Yes, <laughs> we, drove, we drove the car in that. Whatever kind of weather you can think of, we drove the car in that. Okay, so the... Press launch started at the Gateway Resort, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely spectacular. I knew nothing about this. Mm -hmm. And just a quick note for enthusiasts everywhere, there is a Gateway Auto Museum here. And the entire resort was founded by John Hendricks, who was the founder of Discovery Channel. He's got a a dime or two and has created a palace in the middle of nowhere. It is a destination. But there's this museum here, which I... Didn't give a lot of credence to it, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you and I, when we arrived, we went straight there. It was pretty much our only time to get into the museum. Totally, yeah. The centerpiece of the museum is a single car. There's only one of them on the planet. It is the only one. Yes. It's the only one. It is a 1954 F88 convertible concept car from Oldsmobile. It was a Motorama Dream car. Mm-hmm. And this was purchased in 04, setting a record at Barrett-Jackson for $3.24 million. And it is now the centerpiece of this collection. It's absolutely stunning, and he's got the definitive cars of any car collection. It's American, a, it's, a, it's cars. an American,
0: it's an American themed car but, collection. But he I has Yenko Camaros, believable examples of all kinds of things. Just yeah.
1: perfect cars. Yeah. So if you're ever inclined and you're ever in Colorado, highly recommended.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. It's astounding. It's Very cool.
1: And this concept car is just well, amazing. It's, it's a '54.
0: Cool. We put it in some context. We drove the the first gen, the very first C1 Corvette, which was released at the Motorama in 53, Uh this was the car they did the next year. And you could definitely tell by, because he actually happened to have in this collection, there was a 53, of course, Pristine, sitting just outside the room where the 88 was. Mm -hmm. And you could very much Mm -hmm. see that Harley Earl looked at that 53 Corvette and then went, let's go extra nuts. Let's spice it up. And so this car, the, the crazy thing about it is the fact that it is literally one of
1: one gatewayautomuseum.com it's astounding the collection is astounding yes the entire resort is is a destination but they've got trophy truck rentals and jeep rentals and yeah. helicopter tours and horseback riding and this is not
0: a cheap place in incredible. the tradition in the tradition of automotive journalists <laughs> and the press launches you have uh, underpaid automotive journalists that all get flown into a place they couldn't afford to go on their right. actual salary to hang out for a couple of days and drive a car and then leave. Snark food, in, drive a car. In spite of that, we remain remarkably unbiased. We did enjoy the Kia Telluride. We drove that for an upcoming piece in Season yeah. 5. Yeah. Might even be Episode 2. We're still deciding episode numbers. But we are thinking that far along already. That's going to be a seven-seater comparison. And we were, we were thrilled to actually get the opportunity to add this uh, Kia Telluride to a seven-seaters discussion that we were already building So that's coming up for season five. That's right. We're already shooting. It's amazing. Amazing.
1: Well, speaking of TV seasons, you have hopefully consumed all of the new content. If you haven't, you do not have cable, that's okay. It's coming very soon to Amazon Prime and Vimeo for worldwide consumption. Mm -hmm. And thank you guys for for doing that. We're noticing so many more watches and viewership numbers on Amazon. Which is amazing. People even are finding us there for the very first time, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. So the new content for season four has been fully aired. And this Saturday is a repeat, so tomorrow is a repeat of the first episode, which yes. was three generations of the Corvette Z06, Yes. which was pulled from different content from the American original Corvette film that we shot. Shot at the it's, same time, but edited different differently. yeah, different Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so a number of you have indicated how much you'd like that, so thank you guys again. And we couldn't do it without Covercraft and Grio's Garage. Covercraft yep. is our title yep. sponsor, and we always give them a shout out because they've been super kind to us, mm-hmm. as has Grios. And you can get 10% off your order every day is the code. You can also find that. If you forget, just go to the website, everydaydriver.com. And there's a sponsor tab there where yep. you can find all that information as well.
0: Yeah, it's under the About tab right there in the same place that you could write to us. So uh, you can go there <laughs> yeah. and you can find all the sponsor info. Get to the proper website in case you have a misspelling, and you can also use that code. So big thanks to those guys. Uh, the Lotus continues to sit pristine in the garage <laughs> thanks to GRIOS <laughs> products. But uh, the driveway is covered in ice. And my wife called me while we're here. It's driving, season. While we're driving through every possible piece of weather, my wife called yeah. me to tell me that it's snowing again in Park City. So, yeah, uh, somebody actually asked, why is the Lotus not on a battery tender? I'll tell you the honest answer. Because last year, I got it out all winter. I got it out about every three weeks. I took yeah, it for a true, nice drive. True. This winter, it's been sitting, you know, completely snowed and iced in the garage for a couple of months at a time, and it just hasn't <laughs> survived. I actually started it about six weeks ago, and it started right up. Just so you know, actually it wasn't even six weeks ago, it was like four weeks ago, it started right up. But apparently that was the charge it had left in it. So I wasted that one, and now it's going to have to be jumped.
1: But it's okay, it's no big deal. All right, well a couple of great debates from Anthony B. in West Palm Beach, Florida. And this is kind of a turning of the tables because he is the guy that always offers advice to car buying friends. And so he's turning to us. And by the way, Anthony, I have yet to meet the person that knows everything about cars. Todd and I are constantly oh, learning. Yeah. We're learning from you guys. It's great. I mean, we can all share knowledge, and that's what I love. So I'm, totally. I'm really appreciative you've written into us. And we've got another debate from Adam R. in Sonoma County, California, so the opposite coast. He is kind of waffling right now between two choices, <laughs> and he's never yeah. actually had a real sports car. As a lover of cars, he's about to turn 30 and about to throw down. I love that. So let's uh, let's get him something fun for sure. We're going to
0: start here with Anthony, and uh, he's he's been a car guy his whole life, but just due to life and circumstances, and his fiance and their boys, and all of that kind of stuff, he currently is suffering. That's his description. He is suffering in an '08 Lincoln MKZ. His description <laughs> of that is the Ford Fusion with fake wood, and I actually kind of agree with that, Anthony. But so you're suffering in that, but you're going okay. It's time. I've got the ability to get something. You've always wanted a Challenger SRT. You say no Hellcat because you'll never use the power. That's an interesting sentence there.
1: Yeah. I I don't know that people really think, you know what? No Hellcat for me. But this is interesting. This is different.
0: Not that the SRT is going to be slow by any means. So that's that's kind of been your dream car is that Charger SRT. So you're looking at that, but that's the problem. You look at it and you go, this is the same as it's been for nearly a decade.
1: -hmm, Should I shop mm -hmm. something
0: newer? He's got thirty grand. He says to me, but he says to you, he can do thirty four point five. So thirty four and a half thousand as the (laughs) poll limiter,
1: incrementally just edging up. Some people just add a dollar to give me, you know. Yeah, just here you go, very gratuitous. Here's your extra poll number dollar, which I love. But yeah, they're moving up to outside of Detroit and uh, thinking about some different things, which is cool. He loves American muscle cars, technology, big cars, and he loves to go fast. I mean. To be honest, Florida is great for that. Mm-hmm. But you're also moving to an area that is also kind of totally, totally, the, yeah. You know, yeah. the birthplace, kind of yeah, the in birthplace a way. of
0: the stoplight <laughs> to stoplight for sure. You're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: you're you're going to a good place in that sense, which is awesome. So the list of cars is interesting here. All very large cars, mm-hmm. definitely. White. I mean, you look at that Charger as his kind of inspiration,
0: and then we really follow that rabbit trail into big sedans.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Jeep Grand Cherokee Summit is on the list here, Mm -hmm. which is the fully loaded full package, and an Audi S7, Mercedes E63, and then there's a Kia K900 on here too, which I found curious. Genesis G80,
0: not the G70, the G80. These are big sedans, and of course that Charger. So these are the things that are on the list, but he's hoping that he can get something that is fun, but obviously is still huge. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's where we're shopping. He said his must-haves are navigation, leather, sunroof, and fun. I think that fun is listed last. It's kind of too bad. But navigation, (laughs) leather, and sunroof casts a really wide net over these. He'd really like to have adaptive cruise control in the process, but those aren't the must-haves. So I had... I like that Audi S7 a lot. If you can get one of those for your budget, you can find a good one. I think you'd thoroughly
1: enjoy that. I have two others. Where'd you go? Well, he's saying... (laughs) Something that makes him proud when he looks back at it in the parking lot. Yeah, hey, I yeah, admit, yeah. I look back. I look back at press cars just to see what you know. Well, but I'm that's you doing a design assessment. I suppose so. That's you so. going. Okay, so how
0: so. is this in the real world?
1: I, I I do that, and I do it with my own cars. So you you want something really proud, cool, fun to drive. And, he said, he may be able to talk his wife into allowing a two-door, but would still need space for the kids, for Mm -hmm. for the family in short halls. But mainly, it's just, I think it's high speed, you know, decent. But he's, you know, indicating a little bit of concern about something, uh, I think, that's, you know, maintenance heavy, I think.
0: For sure. That's definitely an issue here. Uh, I have two you didn't list, and I think you need to drive them both. Mm, okay. Thirty grand gets you into both at this point. Now again, I like that Audi S7, there's, there's nothing wrong with anything on your list, and, and I see where you're and going, you're going big stuff. I think, excellent stuff. I stars. think the Kia K900, the G80, I, I think they're okay. Mm-hmm. I think the E-Class, you could find yourself a really cool one, and I th- also think the tech on that's going to hold up. I mean, you have a 2011 Charger, or even to the modern Charger, it feels like old tech. The sure, 2009, sure. 2010 Mercedes E-Class, Those are far enough ahead in tech and and, and, uh, interior quality that I think you'd still be like, this is really nice in here. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're able to get a really recent uh, Kia or or Genesis. Um, But why are we not shopping the Kia
1: Stinger? Thank you very much. That is my top choice. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) $34,500 will get you a GT2, the all-wheel drive, turbocharged, goodness. Mm -hmm. It will get you this car. I mean, we're here at a Kia press launch, so... Put that aside. That has nothing to do with It, it this really doesn't. Yeah. It really doesn't. Because we're talking big sedan, mm-hmm. and it is large. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very much like an A7, and the design, I still come back to design leading it. And that's, that's what I get from Kia. Not every car company leads with design. I'll give you an, an example. It's your iPhone. Apple has always had the design team lead sure, everything. Sure. The engineering team reports to the designers. Mm-hmm. It actually happens. And then... You know, they, they lay the original design back over the, the pre-production models mm-hmm. and compare, you know, design intents. So they're always trying to get thinner and smaller yeah, and lighter yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. But design always leads. They are adamant about this. They have a great design leader in Johnny Ive, and they've always been that way. And there's mm-hmm. some car companies that lead with that, but then engineering and budgets, and you can see where other departments creep in. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep on... The styling as a lead, or yeah, one yeah. of the top, we'll say top three strong elements of the car. Sure. The top reasons sure. to yeah, buy. Yeah. But then it backs it up with such a great powertrain, the warranty. I mean, here I am selling you a car, but I love this car. The Stinger's
0: really for, impressive. For yeah.
1: this category, for what you're looking for, and I think it is overlooked. Here. Well, and he's
0: shopping, he, look, he is shopping on purpose one thing, big sedans. Yeah. Well, yeah. at that point... Kia Stinger, it's got to be in that discussion. I think, and, and I think, in spite of the fact you don't have a big American V8 in that car, I don't think you're going to miss it. You might miss the growl, but I think yeah, power-wise, power you're going to find it really, really good, and it is a big car. So that's on there. And then I have to say this. Why are we not, look, it may be maintenance, but... I, I'm still going to bring it up because you said you're going to keep the MKZ as the winter car mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the beater car that can do whatever <laughs> if the other one yeah. doesn't has problems. So you've got a car to kind of defend. Why not look at the last gen, the E90 M3? Okay, okay. A glorious yeah, V8, cause... full-size
1: sedan. And yeah, the E90. Yes, yeah, the yeah, 90, yeah yeah the
0: four-door sedan, great V8. I mean, yes. When that car needs something, it will cost more than the than the Kia will. Of course, the Kia <laughs> is going to be brand new too. But you Pretty know, much, yeah. if you were maintaining that E sixty three Mercedes, it's going to be similar. So, mm-hmm. I, and I think mm-hmm. that that E ninety M three, yeah, it's a little older now, but I think you're going to find that interior holds up really well. Uh, you can get it in the dual clutch, so you can get it as a, you know, drive around all the time, or you could even chase the manual, I'm just saying. But that's a really compelling big sedan. And I, and I, and I wonder if the M3 seems small to you, because it is a little smaller than the stuff we're talking about, but I suspect it's big enough.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I think it probably would be. Obviously, the Stinger's bigger. All of these cars are bigger. They're all bigger, but 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 the <laughs> E90 M3. I mean, that's yeah. that's a that is a four door muscle car as well. Yeah. And yeah. then
0: you know, there's 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 no Chevy SS on here.
1: <laughs> I was wondering. I'm I'm well. I'm waiting for you to yeah. say Chevy SS. Chevy SS. I mean, uh, that, that while here we we're go. here, let's at least go look at one. Sure.
0: You know, yeah. I mean, if we're gonna talk Charger and we're and we're shopping other things, I mean, it is funny. It's you notice it's the Charger, and nothing else American is listed on here. Go look at the Chevy SS. Go drive <laughs> yeah, one, because yeah. then you get the big V8, you get the good space. I mean, uh, if, if I had to pick it for you, I think it's the SS or the Stinger. But I think these others are worth the look. So I went really Detroit for my
1: other choices. Did you? What? Yeah. What, what? Because it fits. Yeah, it does. Okay, stay with me here. The 2010 to 2012 Cadillac CTS-V. Yeah, for thirty grand, easy all day long. You can get practically brand new ones Mm -hmm. for thirty four. Anthony, I'm looking at these, thinking this could be really interesting for you. Lots of power. Mm -hmm. The interiors, I think, will still hold up if you get one that has not been, you know, driven, or even if it's been commuted in. I think it'll be great. And
0: get it just before first gen Q system, if you can. Yeah, exactly. And then it then it isn't it isn't cutting edge. But it isn't that uh, I bought a I bought a brand new digital watch and oh look it's outdated in two months. Yeah. It's not that either.
1: Well, that's why I love analog watches so much.
0: Oh, uh, I, I didn't actually mean to get into a watch discussion. Throw that there we went. You're right. Watch I did. in, I, I... in six months and yeah
1: yeah. Anyway, so CTSV, go go look at those and then my very you might call it strange because these are ten grand less okay. than your budget. Okay. Buick Regal GS. Now that is an interesting oddball. It's not huge rear wheel drive. It's not growly it's not. Charger kind of car. But I wonder if this might speak to you. At yeah. least at least for purposes of you know, some car sorbet, just some, just some a new flavor, stuff. yeah, just yeah, a yeah. It's bit worth a new driving, flavor. and then you think, okay, I it's I'm worth driving, that. yeah. I think that's great. ten grand less, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's wrong with me? I'm saving money here. Yeah, yeah I that's
0: I, I, apparently we take you out of the studio yeah, and weird things I guess, happen, but I guess. Uh, but I, yeah, okay, I see where you are. I see where you are. I
1: mean, and both very Detroit kinds of cars. Well, I mean,
0: uh, the Regal's a European car. Well, but, it, it, but okay, at the same time, it's it's an American badge and it's a surprising car. Yeah, it is, and then.
1: I think you'd look over your shoulder at the CTS-V. I think you'd park, yeah. hit the button, yeah. and look. Yeah, yeah I, I see that, for sure. for sure. They're smaller than the current CTSVs. They are, far, yeah. they're yeah. a different platform. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I still really dig them.
0: Hmm. That makes me wonder. And I, and I, and I want to stay with Kia Stinger or Chevy SS for you, but I actually do wonder now that we're talking about this. What if you got a current-gen ATS,
1: possibly even an ATS-V, because those have not held on to value at all. If you could find an ATS V for thirty-five grand, Anthony, buy it. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome.
0: I'm just thinking out loud here. Would, I actually haven't cool. I haven't dug it dug into it for that, but I wonder about that. That's maybe a lot it'd of take a little bit of money. shopping,
1: or yeah. maybe a little bit of squeeze on the budget, the other direction. But yeah. <laughs> just saying. But yeah, the ATS V could be cool and very Detroit like. And yeah. you know, you would yeah. see others there, but you see all kinds of cars in Detroit. You yeah. see Subarus, yeah. Audis, Teslas. It's no longer just the quote-unquote American car. It's anymore. not a
0: big three town anymore. It used to it be, but not, it isn't anymore. It used to you're, be. Right. you're absolutely right. It's here. just
1: it's got a different vibe, different flavor now, and everybody just drives what they want.
0: Anthony, tell us what you end up driving here. Mm-hmm. I'm very mm-hmm. curious because I would love you to get into something that just you get in and you're just like because that Charger's an interesting place to start. Mm-hmm. To start yeah. with something that's like I want a Dodge Charger. That I'll be very curious what resonates with you if you're starting there. <laughs>
1: All right. Thanks for writing to us. If you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website, you can find us there and contact us there. Guys, uh, thank you for writing in. We're taking a quick break. We'll be back.
0: We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at AutoTempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into
1: AutoTempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with AutoTempest.
0: Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you. And they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want.
1: So, if we give you drive homework, or you're chasing your dream car, or you're just looking to feed the disease, Autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. Our
0: sponsor, Wrangler, has given a slightly different copy for our ad, so we realize there's only one way to handle this. We have to bring back The Voice. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. They're the go-to and you can't underestimate their importance. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability, Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. You could be a person that just wanders the earth looking for we're not sure what. These are still the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, even vintage re-releases, with a price that works for you. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and for women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler. Real, comfortable jeans. That was proper. Yeah. We're back with uh, the other side of the country now. We're, we're doing a car debate for Adam Ross. He's writing to us from Sonoma County, and he says he's been listening to the podcast. Uh, started recently, and I'm so glad you found it and you're enjoying it. But you were writing to us going,
1: I, I really need a fun car. Mm-hmm, Haven't had one yet. Mm-hmm. It's time. <laughs> yeah. All right. 25-mile commute on some great country roads. That's great. Currently has an 09 Subaru Forester non-turbo. Fantastic all-around car, he says, but he wants something a little more fun. Mm-hmm. And he grew up around Integras, Hondas, RX-7s, and RX-8s, and WRXs, of course, but he's never actually owned one. Huh. He's about to turn okay. 30, and he's decided he wants a fun car for the commute. And interestingly, he test drove a WRX and thought it, thought it was good, but nothing amazing. Well, it's because you don't live in a snowbound <laughs> state. state <laughs> yeah. or an area. I mean, California, obviously, has plenty of snow, especially sure. this year, but sure, sure. you're not in an area where you're just relying on that all the time so you've got other choices yeah for sure he test drove a BRZ Mm -hmm. and he was inspired by videos and he's been you know wanting rear wheel drive the 86 in particular he said it was a fantastic experience but he and he doesn't mind the lack of horsepower because it is a real enthusiast car definitely absolutely is, is. All right, so he's over by Sonoma Raceway, and he's concerned about the practicality of the BRZ. I mean, you can speak to the practicality. Totally, yeah. Didn't they originally design it to fit all four of your track wheels and tires in the back with the seats folded down? That's that's, and the what, front we- that's what they say. <laughs> front seat. That's what, that's what they say. <laughs>
0: Last uh, one to the roof. You probably have to put one in the front seat. I I never got more than three <laughs> in the trunk with the back seat down. But here, but here's actually you know what? Let's stop there real quick, Adam. You, you, you're primary thing here is you're debating between the BRZ and the WRX and then you kind of go off on other tangents. But let me stop right here. I don't think that you don't get a BRZ for lack of practicality. I, I think that okay. I think okay. you should just get one. If you like it, if it resonates with you, that car is far more practical than you think. And it's because it is 2 plus 2 and the back seat folds flat. I did skiing. I did lots of stuff in the back of mm-hmm. that car. Mm-hmm. It, You'll be shocked by the amount of room. To the point that I actually remember being at a Cars and Coffee in Salt Lake once, and uh, somebody was walking around the car, and I said, Have you ever been in one? And they said, No. And I I let them in it. And the first thing that happened, when they sat down, they sat down, there was like a beat, and they went, There's a lot of space in here. It's a small car from the outside. Well, because your brain is telling you, Tiny Car. Once you start using it and need to store stuff and throw stuff in the trunk, and you can use that fold-down seat... I don't think you're going to be in very many situations unless it was, I need four doors for people, which isn't your situation. Otherwise, I don't think you're going to be in many situations where you just think, this isn't practical enough for me to make work. Hmm. So Hmm. I think if that's the only thing holding, I want to talk other places, but if that's the only thing holding you back, I think BRZ or, or WRX. It's the better enthusiast car. You want an enthusiast experience. If you like it that much, get it. But I still want to talk about other things.
1: Yeah, he's also kind of concerned about the maintenance of a two series, which he's looked at two series manual and an Audi A4 Quattro. So what is the the real lover of cars who hasn't had anything significant in the speed and handling department? Yeah, yeah. The budget that we're looking for is thirty k and under. hmm And the previous car before that was a ninety three four runner, all wheel drive, four wheel drive, two hundred seventy six thousand miles when he drove sold it a while. It off. Yeah, still ran like a champ. Yeah. Look, Adam, I'm looking at the M235i. I am. Mm, okay. If you, can get, if you can pick up a 2015 or a 2016, they're new enough that I, I believe they're going to be reliable. Because, mm, mm. because of the track use. Now.
0: Fair. Fair. We have are, really, we have driven those cars in the worst of conditions and they just keep running. Yes.
1: I mean, and tracks at both ring and spa. Mm-hmm. We've ground these cars into dust. They keep running. They are well maintained by yes. RSR. Yes. Yes but they're just designed to go and be beat on, and you can. You make a
0: great point there, because the thing about RSR, because we've watched this, we've been dealing with them. This is the company that we use for our car rentals on the Ring and Spa. They're fantastic, and we actually are launching that trip in the next week or so, just FYI. But the thing that's interesting about RSR is to watch how their fleet changes, and you can tell very quickly if they happen to buy a car that has not been reliable for them, because it won't be in the fleet very long. The M235i has been in the fleet since we made our movie in 2015. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they're replacing it is because they're upgrading to the 240. Yeah, and, right, and they right. have run those on the ring, on spa. They're always out for rental. They're always getting beat on. When you and I take people, you, you pick it up the car in the morning and the tires are pristine. And you, you turn it in at night and the tires are bald. So they're getting driven hard, and they just keep coming back for more. Like you say, they're maintaining them. But if they were, they've got a lot
1: of them. If they were breaking a lot, they wouldn't stick around. Yeah, they they wouldn't. And I'm looking at this, but I am for my choice for you. We've talked about it. We've joked about it. It's kind of a go-to car. It's one of the usual suspects. I'm looking seriously at a Cayman for you, a 30th birthday Cayman, 2008 newer. Adam, go find the generation. You could, well, I don't know that you can do a 981, so go find a 2008 and newer 987 Cayman. Okay. Preferably an S. Pick your transmission, pick your color, pick your interior color. There's plenty of them for sale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's Cayman time, and it's going to revolutionize I see I see your driving experience. It is made for California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I mean, I'm guessing it would be your first Porsche, your first sports car. Mm-hmm. It is a true car in all of the senses. And yeah, yeah. I'm I'm making a strong case here for it. Okay. Like I said, I, I actually, just so all of you know, I, I don't actively avoid it because I'm not trying to beat the drum all the time. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, kind of, but not really. <laughs> I, I don't want to just preach Cayman all the time. Yeah, there's so many great cars out there. There mm-hmm. are. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm, I even admit in this rare moment of, you know, uh oh,
0: what's happening here? You're reflecting uh, on something uh, new, just, something uh, changing.
1: Uh, well, um, I, it's for as many cars as we drive, yeah, and pointing the fingers at back at ourselves about. Yeah. You know, giving ourselves permission to own other things in our life. Sure, sure. I, I'm not making any announcements. I'm not making any changes at the moment. But okay. there's cool cars out there. There's a crack in the ice. The Cayman might yeah. actually be sold at some point. That's yeah. interesting. Okay, all right. Good I, to know. I'm not saying anything. Okay. It's just, right. it's an excellent car. I love it. There's other excellent, amazing cars. Mm-hmm. And I say this as the Porsche super freak.
0: Yes, as you are. Yeah.
1: And But I'm making the case, if you haven't had one and you haven't enjoyed it yet, there's so many of you guys that have written to us saying, hey, I picked up a Cayman, or I picked up a Corvette, or I picked up a yeah, thing, and, yeah, yeah. you know, thank you guys, and that makes us so happy. That yeah, that well, us that's the
0: intention. That's the whole point here of what we're doing, but, for sure.
1: But, I will say, if you're against it for any reason, you say, no, I don't want that, if it gets you thinking differently, mm-hmm. then bravo. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, hopefully we set you on a new path, I guess. I
0: wonder, if we're going to give drive homework, and we always do, let's be honest, I wonder about a couple things. If you're going to drive a Cayman, drive a Boxster, are you against convertibles? Because we're talking about California here. You're against convertibles. If we're going to talk about convertibles, I have to say it, you need to drive the, the latest gen Miata. I mean, why not drive the ND Miata? Why not look at an RF?
1: Interesting.
0: I mean, I don't know how big you are, Adam, and that and that's actually our problem with the RF or my problem with the RF. But <laughs> if you're if you're, you know, six feet or below the RF is honestly, I think it is design design-wise one of the best looking cars on the road.
1: Should Mazda create one of those? You must be this tall they to, probably to should. be on this ride yes. in their dealerships, yes, so you stand absolutely next to this funny yeah. sign and ha, ha ha. You
0: cannot be on this ride if you're over this height. Yeah. That's it's not yeah. an under, it's an over. Exactly. Yeah. But but the RF you could get Probably a six-month-old one from somebody for about thirty grand. You could get one, you know, maybe a year old. Get an RF. It's a great-looking mm-hmm, car. Mm-hmm. You could you could track it. I think I think you may. I don't know. I don't know the going to depend on your local track about tracking an RF. Like if you if you track a Miata in most places, you got to put a roll bar in. The RF. I'm not sure how they're treating that. That's a good question. Actually, now that I think about just, it. Just I mean,
1: I'm I'm there, and and from a look standpoint, brilliant. Yeah. They're just in the suspension department. They're soft.
0: They are, even They're when you get the club model. Grand yes, touring. Yes, Mini yes. Grand
1: tour, Mini yes. DC car.
0: But he's also a first-time enthusiast driver. Fair enough. And Fair I enough. think he would still thoroughly enjoy that platform. Hmm. So it's worth looking at while we're there. I okay. think, I think okay. it's, it's worth it, for All right. sure.
1: All right. Fair enough. I, that's where I'm sticking. I, okay. Are, are muscle cars <laughs> out, Adam? That's my other question. I,
0: I don't, I, it's not where I Ooh. gravitate for you at first, because I think the BRZ kind of sets the tone of scale and dynamics but you could get a nice mustang for 30 grand. I was
1: just going to say were you thinking like a boss or something? I don't I don't
0: know. I I'd like you to get as modern as you can. I think yeah, that's that's okay, the key to mustangs. Okay. So get as modern as you can. the to key the...
1: to mustangs. No, I think so.
0: So get get a but you know what? You could get a probably a really nice EcoBoost that you could tune up a okay, bit too yeah. and you could keep that front end a little lighter. I mean, there's options here if you want to go muscle car. I don't know if you want to. Uh we've had people that have driven the Mustang Camaro back to back and have decided I don't care about the blind spot. I prefer the Camaro. I think the Camaro. We look at our uh, three hundred and fifty GT, GT three hundred and fifty R versus the Cayman ZL one piece we did for TV. Yeah, right, right. And right. honestly, the Camaro was just faster and easier to drive all the time. It just was. Sure, sure. So that these can be compelling. I don't think that's you because you've talked. You started with the BRZ, so I think you're, and, and you have a a love for more of the Japanese car market, but. I wonder, I don't want you to put any blind spots on it. If we're going to look at, at you know, Caymans and we're going to branch
1: out, we're going to look at the mm-hmm. BMWs and stuff, mm-hmm. have we driven the muscle cars and where are we on that? And that's fair because, you know, I think of engine placement. For somebody coming to sports cars and coming to, I've never really had the experience, mm-hmm. I think of platform. Brand aside, let's Agreed. let's throw Agreed. brand out. Totally, agree. There's totally just, agree. It just happens to be very few brands that make mid-engine cars these days. Yeah. So that's hence my suggestion, but I'm coming mm-hmm. to... Let's change the engine location. Let's change, Let's make things even more variety. Sure. Yeah,
0: let's do that. That's the reason, actually, that I personally throw out the WRX here. Because I think, let's get you, if you're going to go first, like 30th birthday present, first sports car, let's do sports car. It needs to be rear wheel drive.
1: Oh, you're saying and BRZ, not, the, not
0: WRX. Sorry, I, I, what I mean to say is that's why I'm throwing out the, the oh, WRX. Oh, okay. I'm okay, not gotcha, including it. Gotcha, I think it shouldn't okay. be on the list okay, because okay. let's get you into a traditional yeah. rear-wheel drive sports car. Yeah, right. The front wheels are just for turning. Okay? <laughs> let's do that. And then that creates all the list. I, I honestly wonder if the BRZ is your car, if the only thing holding you back is practicality, because I will also say this, that B, that BRZ is more practical than almost anything else we've listed. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. So Interesting, yeah. Things to things to the debate. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I Mustangs, Camaros, you can do the fold-down thing. I, I get it. They're, sure. They're, but they're also significantly
1: bigger cars.
0: Yeah, true. So,
1: anyway. True. Guys, thank you both for writing. We've got so many questions on social media to jump to that we're going to do that now and uh, dive in. This is great, actually. And so, since we're here, we're at the Kia Telluride launch. Okay. Diego Villamil1990 on Instagram is asking us, is the Telluride really trying to compete with the Jeep Grand Cherokee? And, specifically, which trim mm. would compare with the Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland? That is actually the trim level I had. There's only one above that, and it is the Summit. Yeah. You'll notice the, uh, the extra chrome and covering up the trailer <laughs> now hitch. more chrome. And yeah. the cladding, you know, the aprons are further down the sides of the Jeep, and it sure, looks lower to sure, the ground. Sure. It's more of the Range Rover kind of yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. The Overland is just a step down from that, but there isn't anything electronic that the Overland doesn't have in comparison mm, that's to some. So it's fully yeah, yeah. loaded. So it is pretty much the top level of the Telluride. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. SX, all-wheel drive, you can get but, it with everything. But I would look at them as different classes of vehicle. I mean, similar They price, kind of are. They kind of are. I, I mean, mean
0: the, the Cherokees doing the five-seater, try-to-compete-with-the-Cayenne thing. I realize they're not direct competitors, on so price, but uh, Whereas the well, this, is, this is a seven-seater.
1: It no. is, and that's the thing about. I mean, if you're just shopping based on seats, no, it doesn't compete. But yeah. if you're shopping based on, I want a good size, you know. Okay. Okay. Here is the Telluride, a thousand pounds lighter than a Jeep Grand Cherokee. That's a five seater. Yeah. And a lot smaller. What's going on here? The, the big the
0: big question you have to ask yourself is, do you need real four by four running gear? That's the the number one question. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, do you care? What your drive bias is. The Jeep is rear-wheel drive. Very much so. And the Kia is a front-wheel yeah. drive architecture that throws power all-wheel drive around, around, the, around the, the world, if you will. Yeah. So do those things matter? But again, that 1,000 pounds is a big difference, and that is all that off-road running gear. If you don't need off-road running gear... Mm-hmm. then the mm-hmm. Telluride starts to, to be really compelling. If you need off-road running gear, well, then the Jeep just wins.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see that. All right. All right. Questions you find on uh, here. Drew
0: asked me about swapping the stereo in the rally art. He's like, wait a minute. Uh, I'd like to have some Bluetooth. I hear you, Drew. Now, the uh, it's, it's, it's genuinely not hard. It really isn't. Uh, there are kits we recommend. Crutchfield, there are kits out there that will allow you to... From the back of your aftermarket stereo, it goes to a plug. That plug is designed to plug right into the harness of your car. This is the way
1: to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've, done, mm-hmm. I've done
0: the wiring. I've looked at the wiring diagrams. I've gotten the crimpers out. I've done it. It's not, it's not insurmountable. Honestly, most of these stereos have fantastic instructions with them. If not that, you can go onto YouTube and see a thousand videos. Uh, this, the question maybe beyond that, Drew, is how do you actually get into your car also YouTube. There's a ton of people that have got a mm-hmm. stereo instruction, step-by-step, yeah. step, take this trim piece off, now this trip piece off. That's how I knew how to do it in Lancer. I found one of those videos where a stereo installer was like, these are the trim pieces take off. And it was dead easy. So it, it's, what's interesting, if you've never done it, is how it seems daunting until you get the first couple pieces off the car and you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, doing, this. I'm just doing this. So I, I do recommend it if you consider it because you can take a car you love and you can make it more modern.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, especially as fast
0: as this tech is changing
1: kind of interesting seat question from Bobkins on Instagram am I the only one that doesn't like electric seat adjusters they take forever to move compared Mm -hmm. to mechanical ones you're absolutely right and you can make the argument that once you've set the seat with your mechanical adjustments it just it's locked down doesn't move
0: Unless somebody else drives your car. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you have
1: some other needs. So it kind of depends on your needs and mm-hmm. what is the car. Is it a track car or is it just kind of my fun, yeah. fun car yeah. and nobody else really drives it? Well, sure. But is it shared? Is it, you know, obviously the mechanical seats are, they have more stuff but they're heavier. Completely. They have seat heaters and coolers Completely. and more lumbar and yeah. the, you know, nice, you know, you can really customize it better than the mechanical seats mm-hmm. But they're heavier. There's trade-offs from, yeah, for completely. both. And I can see that. It just kind of depends on your
0: needs. Well, and, and, you know, those mechanical seats, a lot of times, you want the middle ground. I want between those two notches. I can't right. get... Right. That's where True. the electric seat is awesome. And then if you can get the electric seat, like my wife's Cayenne mm-hmm. has electric mm-hmm. seats with the uh, set that... A number a couple of drivers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well she and I have such wildly different seating exper- experiences and setups that I love having that <laughs> because if she drives my lotus, which honestly only slides one way forward and back, but the lancer uh, is also mechanical seats. It's it's like wait was I was I this notch or was I that notch? Yeah, I have, I have that debate with myself. <laughs> right, you know. back, The Lotus, wait, by the way, is easy. I'm all the way back. It, it's but but the much Lancer, you know, fixed. So yeah. that is the interesting. That is the upside. I feel like of electric seats is you can do that really fine tune ridiculousness that a mechanical seat won't allow. But you're right. If you know how where you want to put it, you just it's a couple clicks and you're done. And it's so much lighter and easier.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, Michael Conti on Facebook is trying to enrage me. I mean, he's really not, but it's a fantastically funny question. <laughs> After all of our careful editing and post production, are we uh, are we annoyed by the watermarks that Motor Trend is splashing all over our content? I'm glad you saw this. Yes, I am annoyed. This has been grinding um, Todd's
1: chestnuts. I yes. don't like
0: it, but Todd is it's, it's, almost enraged. It's very much annoyed me. But but here but here's what I honestly Michael here's what I honestly keep thinking. It plays on velocity, and then it. Or but Motor, Motor Trend. 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 Yes. Plays on there and then it goes on and its real life is on Amazon and it will have none of that. True. That is encouraging. True. I love yes. the people that are watching it on Motor Trend. Thank you to all of you that are. But again, we own this content. So it's as much as it so annoys much me, Yeah, for sure. As much as crazy. it annoys me, I'm glad that you know you can see it here soon. And actually I have to say, look, I'm gonna go geeky for a minute. Amazon's compression is really good. They, their compression <laughs> settings are excellent. We have to send them a essentially uncompressed file that is massive, and they yeah. compress for all of the various ways you watch it, and it looks phenomenal. They do a really good job, so it will have none of those splashed
1: on it when it plays on Amazon. <laughs> all right, a couple of questions about the Telluride. The Keller B says there's been a Telluride in his office parking lot for a couple of weeks. It looks really nice. Excited to hear more. Yes, as a matter of fact. This is going to be part of a three-car comparison, mm-hmm. specifically focused on seven seats. We've never talked about yeah. for a TV episode, never done on least. camera stuff on seven on seats, on camera yeah. seven seat episode essentially. Yeah. So our our proclivities, our mindset going into the episode is much different than you know three generations totally. of the Cayman or the Zero, yeah. <laughs> the zero, zero Sixes bit, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just a smidge different. But yeah. there is so much. This is onto Filmmonger's question about. Everything you're noticing from a stylistic standpoint and calling out a Volvo-ish rear, a Cadillac-ish front, mm-hmm. Explorer-ish lettering above the grill, and an overall shape that is kind of like a Range Rover. Taking the greatest hits, melting them down. Designers do this at every studio. Range Rover's looking at everything. Mm-hmm. The folks at Kia are looking at everything everybody's sort of looking at things that are successful, and yeah. why are yeah, they? For sure. You'll for sure. see the Lincoln Navigator crib some Range Rover stuff, and then mm-hmm. you'll see, you know, Kia do it to here. Lexus, the brand, started by and Mercedes S-Classes.
0: <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely That's right. That's where they yeah, started, totally. and
1: they found their own design mm-hmm. language. I think it is unique, as a matter of fact. I think the Stinger is unique to Kia. And they've found that voice, but you can find things that are similar. I agree with but that. But you can find cliched styling on every car, and you think, well, well, that's on the Panamera, and that's the same thing on the side of the C6, totally, yeah. right behind the front wheelhouse. That,
0: yeah, that front flourish that everybody's and, done. And it looks yeah.
1: different. And so the, the biggest thing designers do is try to stay away from design cliches. Mm-hmm. And over time, it gets tough if you're just working with the same old kinds of platforms. Electric cars are going to continue to change that very much. Mm -hmm. You know, just find new lines and new shapes by virtue of a different platform. We don't have to package a motor and people the same way we did before. But, you know, on on things that appeal to consumers and that people want to buy, they want familiar shapes. That's why when you look at sci fi paintings by sci fi artists or whatever, look for Mm. familiar shapes. Interesting In the, in the sci-fi ness from yeah, from yeah, Sydney yeah, that makes it relatable. To, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, there's a another guy I forget who was just known for a lot of indication. Uh, I'll think of it, but anything in that arena, mm-hmm. they they lean back on familiar things that appeal, that direct your eye, mm-hmm. you know, into mm-hmm. the painting. Whatever. Same thing with car designers; they're looking yeah. for those shapes that, you know, what? Okay, I, I feel comfortable with that. It's not so out of the blue like. BMW's bangle-butt styling from totally, yeah. back in the day. Everybody was shocked by this. Flame yeah. surfacing, what is that? Oh, yeah, you're looking yeah, yeah. for the highlight in the flame reflection. Okay, that's cool and different thinking. Mm-hmm. It disappeared yeah, exactly. pretty quickly. Well, then I want to say
0: real quickly about the Telluride, because we've had some polarized comments already on the styling, and I want to say two things about it real quick. You posted a lot of pictures of the one they had on the lawn that was like the come-get-to-know-the-car, <laughs> right. not the one that was Lure being you driven. in. What is this? Uh, I really don't like it in white. I will say that. I really sure. personally well, don't I don't like really it like any cars in white. But, but I also have to say when I first walked up to it I was like, I don't know on the styling. Mm-hmm. And it grew on me really fast. When We were walking around them and driving them today and we were seeing them in colors other than white. We were seeing them on the road. It's interesting. I think it really, really works. If it's not working for you right now and you haven't seen one in person. I, I ask you to withhold judgment until you do, because I think it's got a really good presence. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think, And I think it actually does look really excellent. Uh, but it took me a bit. And that white one didn't help the process when I first saw it. I was like, I,
1: I don't know. Sure. Well, you'll see different elements that are in color, in a different color. Yeah, yeah totally. You'll see them and read them differently. The, yeah. the roll-off across the hood, you'll see that... Kind of a different. Well, I guess I do like that shape. Mm-hmm, or I, mm-hmm. I see the swell of a surface differently that sure, you can't sure, see yeah. with a body and white. Honestly, that, that's a lot of the reason I don't like white because to me that is the the first stage. It's called body and white. Whether you're mm-hmm, making a piece yeah, of furniture, yeah, yeah. A, you know, eyewear, whatever that is, you're, you're just let's not make the colorways and the materials on it yet. We're just evaluating the design first. Then let's go forward past the. The white stage, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it still feels like it's unfinished to me, in, in yeah, a sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joshua asked an interesting question, because it's very pertinent to what's going on with us right now. And I want to I unpack this a bit. On Facebook, you said... What are our thoughts on Mazda making an all-wheel drive in the Miata? Why is this pertinent? Because I was sitting at dinner last night with Eric from Jalopnik, and he brought this up. He just wrote the article today that we were recording. Last night, he and I talked about this. Interesting. And he, he threw it at me and just said, what do you think? And I, the big thing I said to him is I, I thought, thought of two cars that are traditionally have always been rear-wheel drive, the M5 and the 911. And at some point, they both stopped being rear-wheel drive only.
1: Okay. 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 Fair enough.
0: Now, the big difference is the Miata plays to look at me, I'm small. The 911 has gotten big. And I said this to him at the time, the 911's gotten big. The M5 has gotten even bigger. So, okay, uh, that allows them to, if you will, hide the weight, because you're going to have a weight penalty no matter mm-hmm. what. His whole mm-hmm. argument is Eric thinks that the RF should be available in all-wheel drive and that ragtop should only ever be rear-wheel drive because the RF, you're already doing a weight penalty. Okay. I'd like Miata to just make a coupe and be done. That's a separate thing. But I feel like if if there was a whole market out there that would buy the car if it was all-wheel drive, then why not? Mm -hmm. I don't know that that market Mm -hmm. exists. I think that's the biggest question. I would only ever buy that car in rear-wheel drive. But here's the thing. I would buy an all-wheel drive 911 if I was going to drive it in the snow. So are there people that and I loved my rear wheel drive FRS in the snow, loved it. Are there people that would be more likely to drive a Miata if it was all wheel drive year round? I don't know because it's not a car that same with my FRS. It's not a car that's about good ground clearance. Forget what sure, wheels are being driven. Sure. It's a tiny car. <laughs> so I, I think the weight penalty there is a is a bad thing, but I, I would be very curious if Mazda had a way to dig in and find out is there a market that would buy this car if it was? Because it certainly has worked for Porsche, mm-hmm. but the car's a lot bigger.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting question from Charlie K NYC on Instagram, who acknowledges our chats about tuning out of class. Yeah. But his question is about tires out of class. Can you, oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you essentially tire out of class? The The answer is absolutely you totally. can. Yeah. Tires break things. You can <laughs> shoot through <laughs> wheel bearings, <laughs> suspension yeah. components, yeah, yeah, yeah. and brakes far faster. And this is actually the issue in Porsche manuals. Mm. They specifically talk about if you're going to put race tires on your car, mm-hmm. the warranty goes bye-bye. Yeah, Because you're cornering lateral G-forces yeah. are so yeah. much harder if you don't have a dry sump. This is part of the issue of the IMS bearing. And the reason bearings failed is mm-hmm. because there's no dry sump from the factory It's a quick and easy fix, I say that, I mean, in the the grand (laughs) scheme of parts to add to your car, it is, but if you don't have a dry sump, that essentially, there's no oil in the pan, it's thrown up in your engine, it kept kept every part of your engine constantly lubricated, you get the G-forces of all the oil sloshing to one side or the other and starving the other side of the engine for lubrication. Totally and this is where engine failure and bearing failures come into yeah. play. Yeah. And that's just based on higher g-force loads caused by tires and yeah. they specifically call that out. Mm-hmm. You'll chew through bearings on your Mustang, you'll break suspension sure. components with, you know, you go to anything even short of Hoosiers, you can yeah. actually cause damage. You can definitely overtire it's a car. Set up for that.
0: You absolutely can overtire a car. And his question actually goes on to talk about the fact that his driving doesn't require like ultra high performance right. summer tires. right? So if you're never gonna use them, yeah, you can over tire your car. I still think you should get some dedicated summers. Like some, and look, there's there's minutia here, but like instead of an ultra performance, you get a max performance. It's like the whatever the step down right. is, you know. Still get a, a good dedicated tire, but there, you don't have to, to spring for the PS4s if you're never driving hard ever, you know?
1: It brings up an issue, and I'm going to address this because I have personally felt this. I'm somebody that, I guess from design, my, my first instructors in design class told the entire class that you know we're gonna be very picky about products and components that we buy because we know how they're made. and We you know, mm-hmm. we know the, mm-hmm. the effort that did or did not go into yeah. the product. And so when you're buying tires and you feel any twinge of guilt for not spending all the money that you should to get the performance tires, this is the issue we're talking about. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Because if you're down, you know, one step below, but it's more appropriate for your driving and the use of the car and the comfort for your wife and your family, Yeah, you don't have to feel, I'm not a real enthusiast because I didn't spend all the money on the PS4s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. If yeah. the car requires and it's designed for it, honestly, Porsches, I mean, there is an issue if... You know, from a safety and handling standpoint, they're designed for them and there is that, yeah. you know, let's let's have the products designed for them and it'll work better. It just will. Yeah. But, you know, don't feel bad by any sense about, well, I, I couldn't pop for the Yokohamas so I got the Kumos or what. No, don't feel bad yeah. at all. Because it, It's
0: going to come down to usage. It,
1: I mean, that's going to be a big spot. factor. Yeah, so, sure. you know, yes, save money, but don't just look at it as I'm saving money and I'm cheaping out and... You know that kind of thing. Sure. I sure. I felt this because I'm thinking, well, am I am I doing my driving justice? Am I doing the car justice? Mm. Mm. Well, what what is the use for it? Are you tracking the car? Are you shaving lap times on your corners? <laughs> okay, let's pop for the Hoosiers. Let's get the good time. <laughs> you know. Yeah, for sure, for or sure. What is the use? And yeah. so I, I'm I like I said, I felt this before, and I thought, well, should I get the no? Maybe I'll back it off a little bit. And many times you find a great tire and a great compromise in there.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Dane Alexander Hill asked on Facebook, he said he's 29 and he just purchased his first sports car, a 2017 C7 Grand Sport 2LT manual train. That is a very cool car.
1: Mm -hmm. Grand Sport C7
0: is an awesome car. So bravo to you. I love that you've got that. But he's saying, all right, so now he's on the Corvette forums. Uh Uh-oh. Down the rabbit hole you go. <laughs> so he's tr- asking us to weigh in on the ongoing debate, and that is, is the C7 going to drop in value a lot when the C8 comes out, or is it going to linger because it's the last of the breed of the front-engine Corvettes? Um, Dane, two things. You bought a car new, it's going to drop. It just is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. It's Welcome going to, to drop. Welcome uh, yes. It's going to to drop probably faster than you would like it to. That is not a Corvette thing. That is just a thing. Um the C8 isn't going to be out for a bit. We don't know when for sure. Yeah. I think, yeah. here's, here's my actual answer, Dane. I think special versions of this C7 are going to hang on to their value fairly well. Mm-hmm. The mass market versions are going to drop like they always have. And they may even take a bigger hit with the C8 because it is a revolutionary change. But this, I mean, every car, when the new model comes out, the old one drops. This, the C7 will not be immune, and I think the only ones that will linger are those special guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, who's, who's doing it right? It's, it's, uh, everybody has their, you know, a, a pig finds a truffle, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be interesting
0: to see that C8. I'm very curious. They're fighting really hard to make it work. We debated it a few times. Um, you know, I think you've made a fantastic choice choosing a C7. But the C8's going to change it all.
1: Yeah. This question on Instagram about this special edition car is from Justin D. Lemke. Very interesting. Who's doing it right? Mm. And like I said, I think Corvette with their Grand Sport. You know, the okay. sweet spot of price and yeah, it's, value. Yeah, it's a great merge, yeah. I think the GTS flavors from Porsche, I know they're at the high mm. end. But they're they're not the huge, crazy turbo GT3s. But... They're just, you know, more stuff and kind of the stuff you want mm-hmm. from, you know, above an S or a I think model.
0: GTS like, means Greatest Hits. I think that's their abbreviation yeah. for Greatest Hits. I really do because they, they, they almost always spec those really well.
1: To answer the question, it's got to be stuff that I think will increase your driving proclivity, your performance, pull more out of you. Mm-hmm. So I will give the 86 a hall pass with the Brembo upgrades. Bravo. The performance pack? Sure. Bravo. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Do we want more power? Yes. Will they give it to us? No way, but
0: yeah. <laughs> Brembo's. They did this other stuff. Yeah, sure,
1: sure. World-class yeah, yeah, yeah. brakes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that will change your driving. Mm-hmm. That just will. And better tires on that But oh, it's also too. got Bilstein's on it, yeah. And Bilstein's. Very good, yeah. yeah. So parts like that, so mm-hmm. the special editions or the, you know, the competition pack, the way the M3 should have come from the factory. Yes. Things like that, that's what I look at. So every manufacturer has their sweet spot, but it's hard to say across the board, you know, because to me, a special edition, you know, the Eddie Bauer from the 80s or the, you know, whatever it is now, who cares? The I don't Gucci want version bad, of the Fiat 500. Oh, oh, <laughs> God, I don't want that. I want the parts that actually make it special yeah. and then yeah. affect your driving. Yeah, I can see that. That's what I want.
0: Uh, I don't know that we have an answer here, but I love this question. Uh, is this Squill Agent, uh, S-Q-L Agent on Instagram, says, how much more does it cost to maintain German cars than Japanese, Korean, and American? He says, is this a 20% <laughs> how increase? We quantify this? Is it this? 50%? Is it 200%? Uh, unfortunately, you can't, you can't put all the German brands together because it, it varies wildly. Because, like, honestly, we were talking about, so here at this press launch, we were talking about this at length, uh, you can have a Porsche, which probably won't need weird this-thing-broke kind of maintenance, but when it needs regular maintenance, that's going to be costly, versus another car where the maintenance might not be as expensive. Your your, your Golf doesn't cost as much to, to work on, but they tend to break more. So what's your <laughs> debate? I think, look, I think go in with a headspace of 20, 20%, but I actually wonder if you're asking, I never do anything to the current cars I've owned. Can I own a German car? The German car is going to cost you more. If you've ignored the cars you've had to this point, the German car is a thoroughbred and it will not like that. It will feel really expensive by comparison. If you're a person where you're meticulous with your current maintenance, I think all that's going to happen is you could actually look up the price difference. An alternator for my Accord is this. An alternator for my Volkswagen is this. That'll be your difference. Sure, sure. If you are a person that's meticulous, if you're a person that ignores your car, It'll probably feel like 100% more. (laughs)
1: Exactly, exactly. All right, Tim D. Marsh wants everyone to know that tonight he is 20 years old, taking a bus from Memphis to Dallas and taking delivery of a 2018 BRZ as his first official Mm. car purchase. Fantastic. Congratulations, Tim. He's driving it 500 miles back to Memphis. On Friday, while he'll be listening to the podcast, that's cool. I'm thrilled for you, Tim. We hope you're hearing this through Absolutely. the stereo of that car right now. Congratulations, man!
0: That is awesome. I love everything about yeah. that trip too. By take the way, a bus to drive it home. Exactly, that is awesome. You have
1: permission to, you know, look at your phone, and if you see a, a few squiggly lines off to the side, and you want to take a break and just go find what that car can do. Completely, you have our permission. Yes, go. You do don't that. have to head straight home. Go do you, that. You don't for have sure. to. I for mean, a sure. little bit more gas, a little bit more time. What? What's the problem? <laughs> I don't get it. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really do appreciate it. We're hoping to get to more of these. But, man, this is awesome, awesome stuff. I mean, we've got Topic Tuesday questions coming in. Like, yes, they're very cool. There's the best driving music from Archer Twin? I, I like that. That could be a debate forever because we that can talk a- about... I'm telling that is, you that is an endless debate that is depending on your mood yeah. that is depending on you know the the everything the weather and your oh.
0: your music proclivities that that is an endless <laughs> that's not a topic Tuesday that's just a bar fight endlessly yeah, yeah I yeah I'm
1: like Van Halen and this, and this is the
0: reason why the driver always <laughs> picks the music because whoever's driving doesn't agree with anyone else in the exactly, car exactly exactly yeah.
1: all right guys we'll wrap it up there for now thanks for all your questions we are back in the studio for the next podcast, and uh, lots more coming. Yeah. Really appreciate it. We're off uh, starting to shoot season five, you it's can pretty cool. it. pretty cool. We're shooting again next week. And we'll definitely let you know when season four is up playing on Amazon Prime yes, for everybody soon. waiting, and as soon as it goes on Amazon Prime, Vimeo will have it as well. Yes, so that's true. Keep that in mind. We'll let you know. Thanks a bunch. Cheers, everyone.